Welcome to the Audacity to Persevere, a podcast owned by John Henry Sisters. I am your host, Dr. Tanya. I am a psychologist, certified executive leadership and life coach, as well as an equity, diversity, and inclusion practitioner. On this podcast, we will share bite-sized goodies for the mind and spirit, as well as some observations about pop culture, workplace issues for underrepresented persons, and interviews with some movers, shakers, and just overall fascinating people. This podcast and website represents the opinions of Dr. Tanya and her guests to the show. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical and or mental health questions. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media establishes a doctor-client relationship. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the Audacity to Persevere. Uh, This is Dr. Tanya. I know it has been a little bit, like a few weeks, since we last posted content. Um, What can I say except for um, sometimes you just got to take that pause. Um, So I'm a huge proponent of taking a break, taking some rest, and I can't be out here telling folks to do that and not practice it myself, but we are back. Uh, We are ready to get back to it. And today, um, I want to uh, briefly talk about how do you handle working with Stephen mindsets? Well, what is the Stephen mindset? Great question. So, I generally do not watch movies that depict uh, slavery in the United States. Uh, In particular, like, obviously, um, we're talking about slavery of African Americans and Africans and the whole transatlantic slave trade. I just, I don't do it. I refuse to. Um, More times than not, um, it seems to kind of glorify or really um, try to make excuses, frankly, for a period in our nation's history that there there are no excuses for it, full stop. Um, And that plus when you actually read some of the reports and narratives about how African Americans were treated during that period, put it like this, the movies that are out there are PG compared to the actual atrocities that African Americans suffered um, during that period. Um, If you can imagine, probably some of the most grotesque, um, inhumane actions imaginable, more times than not, it actually occurred during this period. So I, I just will not watch any films that portray slavery, with the exception of Django Unchained. Now, even that flick had uh, way too much gratuitous use of um, 
of the N-word and took all kinds of liberties, which is kind of the standard Quentin Tarantino way. Um, but one of the things that drew me to even looking at the film in the first place was just the premise of this black formerly um, enslaved man basically handing his, uh, his business um, really going all out to get his wife to go literally to the ends of the, the earth um, go back into danger and find his love right get his love back um, and talked back had attitude knew his worth walked like it moved like it and that was so different than any of the other movies regarding slavery that I had seen before um, and what's so you know interesting um, slave rebellions were not that uncommon um, during uh, during the period now I call them slave rebellions um, because that's how they are kind of defined um, in, in history books etc um, while I don't refer to uh, the people as slaves they were enslaved we can get into the nuance at a later podcast but I digress the main thing um, that really drew me to it again was just this portrayal was so different than other portrayals when it comes to uh, African Americans and uh, those who were enslaved during this period so there are certain scenes within the movie um, that I quite I find quite fascinating frankly and the one of the characters in the the film and by this time a, a good number of you may have already seen the movie has been um, it was uh, made and um, and distributed many years ago was Steven right so Steven if you recall played by Samuel L. Jackson um, was a fascinating character to put it mildly um, he was a uh, the character of Steven was an older uh, black male who was also enslaved at Candyland um, Candyland was the plantation owned operated uh, by Calvin Candy played by Leonardo DiCaprio and what was interesting about the character of Steven was that he moved in a way as if his proximity to power, his proximity, his closeness to uh, Calvin Candy gave him the, uh, the uh, kind of implied authority that he had the power um, and he was 
um, just a really, frankly, miserable, wretched character in this film. And I was, you know, I've seen the film quite a few times, certain scenes, probably more times than, than I probably should admit. But I was always just fascinated with this Steven character. And I was having a discussion with a friend and we were talking about just different personalities, for example, in the workplace. And I shared with, with my friend that, you know, we have a lot of people operating um, in various workplace environments with a Steven mindset, a Steven mentality, referring to the Steven character from uh, Django Unchained. And I, I want to kind of describe what is a Steven mindset, right? Especially in the workplace. And what would this character, you know, kind of look like? How would they tend to operate? And what is the impact of these Steven type mindsets on those who, who are engaged with them, who have to operate with them? Um, what is helpful to kind of cope with that, frankly? Um, and, you know, what are some questions to probably kind of ponder when you are again engaged with with this type of character. So a Steven uh, in the workplace, a Steven type mentality within the workplace, generally um, I, these are, are personalities that uh, may already be in a position of, of authority, right? So they're a manager, a supervisor, um, or they have access to someone who holds significant authority um, or in a formal leadership position, right? So similar to how Steven within the movie, while he definitely was not a you know, white male, definitely was not Calvin Candy, he had a kind of elevated position most certainly than the other enslaved persons to where you know there's a scene where uh calvin candy exits the excuse himself from the the dinner to see what steven wants to talk to him about and he enters into the study and steven is sitting there with his legs crossed with the drink in his hand very leisure not in a differential deferential uh, type posture um and so you could already kind of see that the way he he moved just by having that kind of uh, proximity to power uh, played a role in just how he carried himself. Uh, Steven type men, uh, mentality characters um, generally are resentful um, or act in a way to suggest resentfulness uh, regarding the access to opportunities that younger or more junior employees um, have, have, right? So it's more of like, if I've been hurt, if I've been through trauma, 
you need to as well. How dare you move as if you know your worth? You know, if I've been beaten and broke down, that is what needs to happen to you. Um, and of course, we're talking about something different than getting experiences, right? So obviously, if you're going for different positions or um, different endeavors, of course, you need to gain whatever experiences and training or whatever necessary um, to serve in those roles, ideally. But that doesn't mean that you need to be traumatized or broken. Those are two different things. But for the Stephen, because probably when they came in, um, or the people whom led them were abusive, um, were disrespectful, probably did hold back access to opportunities, training, all of those things. And so they put in all these years um, in some cases, they probably fought the good fight, right? For equity and all that. And over time, they became bitter. And so seeing some younger employees, uh, junior persons come in and still have their struggles. But from their optic, they're not being traumatized. They have it way easier than I did, right? Not even able to see frankly that there are still challenges that even younger and junior uh, employees are are facing but because they're not being broken and because they have more choices more agency than probably they did that's where that bitterness comes into play that's where that you know you need to be broke down to and you see that, for example, in the flick with uh, with Django, right? And and Stephen, you know, who is this mm, on a horse, right? Who is this person who looks like me? Who, by all accounts, is in the same social standing as me? How dare this person to be figuratively? elevated while I still have to hobble on the ground another key characteristic um, that I described kind of in the Steven type you know mindset is um, that the expectation to uh, the expectation that in order to advance um, that abuse is part of the equation um, and that they generally will respond harshly when people say no I'm, I'm, I'm not going to subject myself to that right so it's like this how dare you um, sometimes is interesting kind of expectation of reverence for them uh, kind of mistreating and abusing their position of authority um, how dare you say anything uh, even 
in the most respectful way. Um, we tell people, for example, feedback is a gift. Giving feedback to these Steven type mentalities, that's going to be a huge problem, right? That's where the vindictiveness will generally come out. That's where the claws will come out, right? And so those would be, I would say, the main characteristics of, you know, the Steven type mentality. Um, they, again, they may likely be um, older. And I don't want to just say focus, you know, primarily on the age, right? Um, but when you look at the character of Steven in the movie, he's a much older person than Django. And you can see the bitterness, the jealousy, the resentment, um, and how he even looked at Django. And you see it sometimes in the workplace. You see it with people who have just been broken down, um, built up a callus on their compassion towards others, uh, a bitterness towards those who have different struggles, but from their optic, their struggle, you know, wasn't, or it's not as worse as mine, worse as mine was, right? So kind of the, the whole struggle Olympics, if you would, not being able to see that in some cases, yeah, some of the, the challenges that they face are not as, maybe not as severe or as prevalent as when you came through, but not able to see that they played a role in making things easier, pushing and challenging for a, a revolution, right? In the workplace, pushing for equity, pushing for diversity, inclusion, not being able to see that them being there, the role that they play allowed for this to happen. So it's more of, I did all this, where's mine? And because of that proximity to power, because of uh, not wanting to rock the boat, well, if I say something to my power source, then I'm going to be cut off. Although I should really probably have a discussion or it would be understandable to be upset with that power source. It's easier. It's safer for me to take it out on these junior employees, these mid-level, these newer folks. So those are the, the characteristics of the, the Steven type mindset um, at work. And the impact of that, especially for people who don't have that mindset, but most especially for kind of like your, um, your more junior employees um, and your, you know, they're not junior in terms of age, but maybe like your mid-career folks or who've done, you know, a stint or done a career at one place and decide, uh, decide to come to a different um, workplace or a career change is it's confusing as hell. Like, what the F, y'all? Like, what's going on? Why, why am I on the receiving end of that? Um, disappointment is another 
an experience for people having to deal with these even type mindset. Um, hurt, feeling betrayed, um, especially if you are one of the few in a particular office or workplace, you're already probably trying to figure out like, who can I trust? Who can I not? And if the only other person there is operating from the standpoint, that's not looking too good as far as like having that workplace support of someone who may be of the same or similar background as you. And we know that ideally having a, a workplace, uh, or really at least a decent workplace colleague um, or a friend, it's, it's beneficial. Um, it helps with just overall kind of well-being and the sense of betrayal. Um, it can feel overwhelming. Um, which contributes to likely feeling uh, heightened anxiety, stress. Stress plays uh, such a significant role in terms of not just our our mental and emotional well-being, um, but also our physical well-being, right? So I won't bore you with all the different studies that talk about and reference the relationship between stress and cardiovascular health our um our brains so stress is nothing to really sniff at right and so the stress endured by coping or having to work with <coughs> excuse me these steven type mindsets um it can feel suffocating for some people um depression uh, developing various types of depressive symptoms um, becoming more withdrawn, for example, um, some periods of tearfulness, uncertainty, like, I, I don't know which way is up. I, I don't know what what to do to make this person feel better. Um, also, it can lead to or contribute to negative impact on our personal relationships with others where you just that withdrawn um, feeling <coughs> excuse me or behavior rather um, not sure who you can trust probably becoming a little bit more isolated um, and that's not how we are really designed as people um, impact on your health so fitful sleep um not being able to really relax, feeling always on, on edge. So these are just the few um, types of consequences of people who are engaged with or working with these Stephen type mindsets uh, within the, the workplace. So in terms of, okay, so what do you do, right? Some people, they, they, they operate from a place of bitterness and the Steven type mindset, there's nothing you can say or do that's going to make them stop. Um, just like, even as a psychologist, I can't say something that's going to make someone do something different. 
um, because it's a, it's really inherent in the other person, right? To want to make that adjustment, want to make that change, want to start to chip away at the callus that's built up around their, their spirit, frankly. And so, but you still need to take care of yourself. You still need to navigate your career, your relationship with others, your mental health, your physical health. So in terms of what do you do? Um, so a few recommendations are, you know, of course, you got rely on your friends. Even if you don't necessarily have any trusted friends within the workplace, hopefully you have some friends external. A lot of times we get so wrapped up in the press of work and so wrapped up in other people's work, you know, uh, work colleagues, uh, frankly, their BS that at the end of the day, we're just wiped out. We're exhausted and we will look at missed calls from our friends or texts, but because we are so wiped out, we just, we don't engage. So being intentional and still having those connections with your friends, um, even if it's, you know, planning something, you know, once every couple weeks at the bare minimum, maybe once a month, you need to be big up. You need to be loved on because these Steven type mindsets, they can play a number on you. And again, especially if you are from an underrepresented population, um, in particular, I'm thinking about African-American or, you know, black American, however you describe yourself and you work in an environment where it ain't that many of you running around, you know, doing the do and the few that may be there, you got one or two operating from the Steven type mindset that can take a toll um, on you. So you got to make sure you stay connected with with your friends, with your circle, with your family. Um, also, I am so pleased that we are now having more open conversations about mental health um, than we did even 10 years ago. Most certainly what I was going through and uh, earning my degrees, we still have a ways to go. So reaching out to a mental health provider, um, a therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, due to the, the impact on just the world collective of COVID, you have probably a, more access through virtual means to mental health support than you did uh, five years ago utilize mental health support just because you see a therapist it doesn't make you crazy quote unquote or there's something wrong with you dealing with the Steven type mentality sometimes you just need to have a safe uh, safe space to process to vent there's nothing wrong with that I've dealt frankly with my um, fair share of Stevens <laughs> in the workplace and there are times in which you know i i primarily relied on my closest friends um 
Now, a few of my close friends happen to be <laughs> within the mental health field. Um, and of course, they were not serving as my provider. But there's something about how mental health practitioners are able just by nature kind of of, of their training and the skills that um, we tend to build up and practice and hone just to create safety. And when you're working in a space with, uh, with these Stevens, safety is crucial. Safety is missing. And so if nothing else, just having that safe space to say, did this really happen? I'm sure it did. And I, I'm not sure what to do with this or if I should do something with it. And again, just having that safe space without judgment is so important when you're dealing with these type of like kind of bitter um, personalities. Another um, kind of resource, your your medical provider. Uh, your medical provider, again, dealing with these type of personalities, it can take a toll on your physical health. And unfortunately, when you look at the statistics, black people generally do not um, when all things are considered equal, generally have a shorter life expectancy um, than other populations. So working with your medical provider, some people find that to be incredibly beneficial because they may be very goal focused or having that connection to if I do this, it's going to play a role in hopefully me, hopefully me starving off. Um, the likelihood of developing some cognitive problems as I age or even now um, taking care of my heart. So for some people working with the medical provider who can be a little bit more, I guess, kind of um, tactical, if you will, in terms of this is what we need to do for your body. Right. For so, so some people having that plan when it comes to their physical selves, that's a primary motivation for them to uh, to find ways to kind of cope with these Steven mentalities. And the final, you know, kind of resources, mentors and mentors, trusted mentors. Um, and your mentor doesn't necessarily need to be within your organization or your office. I have mentors who are not. Um, in the same office uh, that I work in. And I've always pretty much had that way of operating. And just basically someone who could be objective, someone who can really help you kind of navigate the career portion of it, really think through uh, the best course of action. If there is any... Uh, to be taken that you're comfortable with. Um, sometimes mentors can also evolve into sponsors, um, especially if they are within the same organization or outside. You know, sponsors, they're different in, than mentors and that sponsors, they generally put, uh, put some skin in the game in terms of making sure people have access to the table or opportunities uh, to further their career or their, their personal and or their personal development. 
So those are like the four kind of external uh, resources that I strongly encourage people to cultivate, even if you're not dealing with Stevens in the workplace, but most certainly if you are. Now, in terms of the internal work, right? Ask yourself a few key questions. One, uh, do you feel safe to engage with the Stephen mentality at your job and give that feedback? More times than not, the answer that people um, have shared with me when they ask themselves this, uh, this question is no, they don't. Totally understandable. But the importance of actually asking yourself that question is to give validation to what you're experiencing, to put a name to it. A lot of times we just keep moving and moving because the grind won't stop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we lose sight of what we're really feeling or we find ways to numb it without actually calling it out. There is nothing weak, quote unquote, about needing safety or saying I don't feel safe. That is a basic human uh, need is safety. So just being able to articulate and put it out there. Do I feel safe? Is this basic human need? Is it there? And you know, what do you need or what are your options? Um, is it you need to, if, is it you can change office if possible, if that's an option for you? Do you need to change jobs? Do you need to change employers? Do you need to utilize other resources such as, um, for example, if you um, work at uh, I think it's, you know, most places like EEO, for example. Um, do you need to talk to a workplace attorney, right? If that's the path you decide to take, right? For everyone, not for everyone, but um, for a good number of people, they don't want to deal with that. And that's totally understandable. But really taking a close look at what are my options, you may come up with a list of 50 options and only three of them seem the most feasible for you. That's normal. That's perfectly okay. The main thing is that you see you have options. Write it down. What can I do? What are the different resources at my disposal? Um, disposal? Is leaving an option? If not, why not? What are the things that you need to have access to, to potentially create a path towards leaving? Um, of course, obviously, document behaviors, all that stuff that you would likely hear from an HR, uh, HR um, professional or, you know, workplace um, equivalent, whatever it is where you work. Um, but in terms of just your own mental health, your own way of just making it through identify what your options are one of the things that also tends to um, pop up for people who are 
dealing with these demon mentalities is a sense of helplessness, a sense of hopelessness. And so by sitting down and being objective, okay, what are my options? You generally will find that at least you shift. It may not be a huge one, but you're making some type of shift to, okay, maybe there is hope. I may not necessarily like all the options before me, but at least the ability to generate options that's coming from a very active standpoint, that's coming from a very powerful standpoint versus when you don't and operate as if you do not have any. Again, you may not like all the options, but I, I would say more times than not, like 99.99% of the time, you have options. Um, and again, it may not be that you can leave right now. What are the things that would be beneficial to you in the meantime? Is it relying more on those external supports? Uh, is it more looking at uh, other options, workplace options? different uh, job assignments so just really being focused and intentional about what your options are um, what are the things that are going to help you move towards choosing life and health when you're coping and working with someone who chooses bitterness and stagnation that eventually um, leads to an erosion or a, a figurative kind of death of the soul so there's, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And I truly do um, believe that. And so, you know, at the heart of the bitterness is the hurt. But someone else's mess doesn't need to be yours. You can still have empathy for someone and not own their trauma, not own their mess. Um, their history, their disappointments, their uh, mistreatment or abuse or whatnot that they have may have may have received doesn't excuse their actions or their behavior. So you take ownership of what you can, and that's all you really can do, um, because you're not necessarily going to change them. Some people choose misery. At the end of the day, we all have the power of choice. That is their choice. When you deal with Stephen at work, remember you do have choices. What are they? What are the choices that are in alignment with your values, your health, your life? Feel free to drop us a line let's know what your thoughts are um, what are some tips that you found helpful when you're faced with Stephen at work until next time be well and stay unapologetic thanks for tuning in and if there's a topic you want us to cover in a future episode please send us an email at johnhenrysisters at gmail.com. That is J-O-H-N 
H-E-N-R-Y-S-S-I-S-T-E-R-S at gmail.com. For more information regarding John Henry's sisters, check out our website at www.johnhenrysisters.com. We're also on Facebook as John Henry's Sisters, Instagram at Dr. Tanya underscore J-H-S, and Twitter at John Henry's Sis. Until next time, be well and stay unapologetic.